Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Good morning, Coastline. How are you guys doing? Good? All right, good. All right, like Brian said, my name is Erica. I am so excited to be with you guys here this morning and sharing a little bit about my story. Um, So a couple weeks ago, Brian launched this series called History, a collection of talks geared around how God writes not only our story, but his story and how they're woven together. And so Brian kicked it off and told us a little bit about his testimony, about his life story. And of course, as Brian said, Captain Doug nailed it last week. I'm not sure how I have to follow him, um, but that's okay. Uh, I'm happy to be here today. So we're really getting excited. Um, Like Brian said, it is the end of summer, so I don't know if you have small kids or big kids, but kids that are going back to school, but we have one week left. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, we are waiting. We're excited. Our kids are ready to go back to school. My kids got to meet their teachers yesterday. They're pumped. We've had a great summer. It has been nonstop all summer long. And so, um, like Brian said, you stole some of my intro. So I feel like I have to say it again. I'm sorry. I don't know. I've practiced it. Now I have to say it. Thank you. So, <laughs> so like Brian said, we took our first weekend off last weekend, first weekend off of the year. We went to Homosassa Springs with our kids and a couple other families. We were there to scallop. We didn't really catch a lot of scallops, but we had a great time. Um, and nobody got sunburned. And so I'm really proud of that fact that no one got sunburned on our vacation. So let's go ahead and get started with the message this morning. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get started. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for bringing us here in this moment of time together. God, I just pray this morning for each and every person who came here, God, whether they had a great morning or they were yelling at their kids on the way to church, whatever it was, God, I just pray, Lord, that your spirit would sit here with us, that your Holy Spirit would prepare our hearts for this message, God. I pray that you would use me in a mighty way this morning, God. Lord, we thank you for your son and all that you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today I get to tell you a little bit of my story. And My story is actually much different from Brian's story. If you were here a couple weeks ago, he told you that he grew up going to church every weekend. He jokes that if the church doors were open, his family was there. They were cleaning out closets. They were volunteering for kids' ministry. Yesterday, like Brian said, we attended a funeral of a man that grew up, a family friend of his, and they all knew each other because they all served together. They all went to church together. They had this giant community of friends that served together. But my story is actually a lot different. Um, I did not grow up, grow up going to church. My parents were lovingly called, as we call them now, CEOs, which stands for Christmas and Easter only. So those are the only times that we ever went to church when I was growing up. Um, they believed in God, but we just didn't make church a priority. We never went. I never really, I think I went to Sunday school like one time growing up. 
So where we are today is much different than where I grew up, and but to know how God has worked through it, to know that story, we have to go back to understand the history of it. So my parents were divorced when I was three years old, so all of my memories growing up were not of my parents together. Um, and because they divorced at such a young age, it kind of left me in a weird position. They went on to remarry and start new families. And at the age of 13, my dad would marry a woman who had three boys of his own. And my mom uh, was re got remarried and got pregnant with my half-brother. And this really all happened in a one-year span, and it left me with so many feelings, feelings of being unwanted, left behind, unheard, unseen, abandoned, ignored, um, and really felt like they kind of passed me by to start new lives with other people and other kids. And through my teenage years and early adulthood, I really started searching. There was something missing in my life. I began to look for that peace everywhere. I searched for acceptance in friends. I searched for love and contentment in relationship to relationship, but I always came up empty. In every friendship, every relationship, I was left empty. I always felt unloved and unwanted. Nothing could fill this piece of my life. And you see, the part of the story that I didn't tell you was when I was about 10 years old, a family, we were at a family function, and a family member, um, you know, kids were being kids. Kids were playing games, pe kids were being silly. And I had uh, upset this family friend's daughter. And so she came to me, and she got right in my face and told me that I, I was about 10 years old, told me that I was unloved, and I was unwanted, and that I was a nuisance, and that I would never amount to anything in my life. And um, those things really started to shape me as a person as I grew up. I took those words to heart. I took them to, be I believed them. The words that the enemy spoke through that woman. Now, of course, I know uh, as an older person, I understand she was speaking to me through her hurt and through her pain. But as a 10-year-old little girl, I didn't understand why someone would say that to me, why an adult would say those things to me. And fast forward a few years later, the man that my mom married was an alcoholic, and he was verbally abusive to both me and my mom. And so for years, we lived in this hostile environment of uh, pain, of um, torment, of walking on eggshells. Um, and it was a constant state of fear that we lived in. And so for me, I realized around 14 years old, these things really started to come to the surface, 14 and 15. I became super anxious. I became depressed. I, my parents threw me in counseling. I started cutting my wrist. And one time I took an entire bottle of pills just to feel something, to make the pain go away. And I actually ended up having to be taken by ambulance from my high school to the hospital because I was so broken. And I was so empty inside. And I kept searching for things. 
and my parents got me the help I need. I don't want this to be like a thing about my parents. My parents are actually great parents, and they still are great parents, but you know, they had other things going on in their lives, and so I sort of fell behind the wayside. So all of these things left me feeling angry. They left me bitter. They left me hard. They left me resentful and broken. And fast forward a couple years, I uh, made it through high school. I'm 18, 19 years old. And again, so hard. My relationship is very strained with my mom at this time because I felt as though through my childhood she chose someone other than me, someone that was hurting me, someone that's hurting her and hurting my brother. And so we didn't really have a great relationship, but she asked me, do you want to go to the Keys? I have this vacation planned, and I have room for one more. Do you want to go? And I was like, well, I I guess so. So we went down to the Florida Keys, and um, I remember this as clear as day. I was, like I said, at my lowest of low points, and I'm sitting out by the pool reading a Dr. Phil book because I was very low, like I said. Um, So I'm reading this Dr. Phil book, and I see a family there in the pool, and I'm sorry, honey, this was not you, but there was a cute boy, and I loved cute boys. Still do love a cute boy. I just have one cute boy now. So um, that's kind of, I laugh because it's kind of how God got to my heart because I was boy crazy. And so God just used a, a cute boy to get my attention. And so I saw the cute boy. My mom and I, is in a funny story, pursued him to find out, to meet them, to say hi, because my mom was trying to get me away from an alcoholic that I was dating at the time in a verbally abusive relationship. I had started the cycle, um, of generational cycle there. So we were trying to break it, her subconsciously trying to break it. And so we, we find the family, we meet up, we say, hey, what are you guys doing? We make friends with them instantly. And these people were sitting at dinner, And they had something different. They had this peace about them. They had this joy about them. And I did not understand it because I came from a history of no one having peace, no one having joy, not understanding any of that. And these people, they just smiled and they were sweet and they were loving to one another. And I finally asked them, what is it about you guys? What is your secret sauce? Because remember, I'm reading the Dr. Phil book, so I'm like, I'm looking for the secret sauce, right? And uh, so no, no shame on Dr. Phil. Sure, he's great, and I think the book was great. But uh, anyways, so I asked them, what is, what is it about you guys? What is it? And their reply was Jesus. Our answer is Jesus. We have this joy and this peace because we have a relationship with Jesus. So a few days later go by, and standing on the beach, packing up our car to go home, I prayed on the beach to receive Christ that morning, and I asked Jesus into my heart, and my life completely started to change. I came home from that trip, and I connected with a few friends that I knew attended church, and they were starting uh, a church plant with their youth pastor. And so I said, well, do you guys mind if I tag along? Can I come along? And they were like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to come along. So I started going to church. I started um, connecting in small groups. I will never forget the first small group I was ever in where I really started to learn about the word. And that's, side note, why they're so important for everyone to join a small group. If you have the ability to lead a small group, it makes a difference for people like me who had no idea about the Bible. 
And so we started to learn. I started to serve in my church, and my life started to change one thing at a time. For me, the first scripture I ever memorized was this one. And you've probably seen it before. Maybe you have it hanging, you know, from Hobby Lobby in your uh, house somewhere. You have a mug that says it. But in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. And uh, I wanted to share this scripture today because even though you may have heard it before, you may have heard it a thousand times, for me, when I was just becoming a Christian, this is the very first time I read somewhere that there was hope for my life. The first time I ever felt like someone was for me. And it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you. Prior to that, I didn't have hope for the future. Prior to that, I was depressed, and I was angry, and I was so broken. But Jesus came into my life, and he changed it. He began to write a new story. My story, my history, went from being unwanted, unworthy, angry, bitter, hard, resentful, and broken to a life that I lost and now I have been found, where I'm full of joy, I'm full of love, acceptance, contentment, peace, where I was broken and he made me new. And so today I want you to think about your history, the story, his story that's been writing in your life. And if you're here today and you're not sure if he is writing your story, you're not sure if your story is his story, then I want to encourage you today that, you, that today can be the beginning of the best chapter of your story. Jesus met me on a beach somewhere. I was lost. I was broken. There's a beach over here. We're close. We're close to it. But I think the most important thing that you know is that you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work hard. I thought for so long I'd have to clean up to go to God, that I have to get all my things in order to show up for him, and then he could do something for me. But that just simply isn't true. God knows us exactly how we are, and he loves us for who we are, mess and all, brokenness and all. He wants that for you. He wants a life of peace and contentment and joy in the heartache. A peace that surpasses all understanding is what he offers us. And if he can use a girl like me who was broken and angry and depressed, unworthy, and turn me into his daughter, turn me in to a member of his kingdom, then he can do that for you. I think about the story and how we're all sitting here today because of part of my story, part of his story that he wrote. When I came back to volunteer in a church that was just starting up, I met a handsome boy that played bass, guitar, in the worship band, and we started dating. 
And um, we got married. We've been married 12, almost 12 years now. And we have two kids. And God set us on this mission and this journey together. He had so much more planned for me, a hope and a future of something that I never could have thought, asked, imagined for in my life. And I think back to my story. I think back to those people on the beach that told me about Jesus. And I was searching and I was empty, but he filled me. And I think about where it's led us to, the kids that we ministered to when we were youth pastors so long ago. So many of you that I'm a part of your life story because of his story. Because how he's woven us all together through the chapters and the stories of life. I want you to know today that if you don't know Jesus, you can know Jesus. I would love for you to think about, if you do know Jesus, how he's done something in your life, the history, the his story that he's been writing in your life. Like Kayla said earlier, if you're breathing and you woke up today, we're going to praise him for that. But he's done so much, and sometimes we can get so busy in life doing, so busy in life caught up. I, I don't think we've stopped in weeks. I'm not sure. I don't think I've caught my breath in weeks. So sometimes we forget all the things that God has done for us. So I want to encourage you today, when you get home, today, tomorrow, this week, write it down. Write down your story. I was thinking back to all the things that God has done in my life and how far I've come from the person that I was. I'm not perfect and Jesus is still working on me every day. But now I walk forward in life with a confidence, knowing that I am chosen and that I am worthy and that I am called his daughter and I can rest on those things. I asked Kayla to sing that song today. Well, I asked her to sing it a long time ago, like she said, but specifically today because the lyrics of the song speak so much to me in my life. When, he's, when it says in the beginning, my Jesus set me free, look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side. I sat there a few minutes ago with chills on my body thinking about the wounds of Jesus that have set me free. My life, my history has changed since I accepted Christ. I look at my life in all aspects. God has written my story with his. My relationship with my parents has been made whole. My parents pursue a relationship with Jesus now. And I can't help but sing this song with every part of my body because I praise God for what he's done. I, don't, I no longer live as a victim in my life. I live in victory of my life. And it was the one thing that I could ever say to anyone is that the enemy will keep you bound by abuse, bound by offense, bound by unforgiveness, but Jesus will set you free from all of those things. And he set me from it, free from it, and he can set you free from it. I wanna ask you guys to close your eyes and pray with me this morning. And if God, you're not really sure this morning if God wrote your story. You're not really sure if his story is your story. 
Today is a perfect chance for that, a perfect opportunity for you to accept Jesus into your life, a perfect opportunity for his story to become your story and begin the best chapter. So if that's you today, all across the room, let's all just pray together. But if that's you and you're ready for Jesus to write your story, for God to write his story in your heart, I want you just to put your palms up. No one's going to see him. You can put them right there on your lap. But put your palms up and just ready to receive Jesus into your life. And everybody all across the room, if you all would pray with me, Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short of your glory. But today, Jesus... I accept you into my heart. Ask that you would forgive me of my sins and take hold of my life. I give it to you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.